0: 2 Timothy 1 and 9. It says, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So if you will help me say that one more time. Stere? decisus. All right. There's a plan God has for every person that will believe that no matter what we've been through, or what we've done, he wants to show us his grace and mercy and empower us to walk in this life in righteousness and holiness because of Christ. His plan is not dependent on what our limitations, inefficiencies, and inabilities may be. His plan doesn't need to consider what things we may have suffered in life, but it at the hands be it at the hands of someone else or if it's self-inflicted. His plan goes well beyond what this world's systems can orchestrate or what the world's wisdom can comprehend. When God puts his plan into action, not even the enemy of your soul was a determining factor. The point is when God decided to save us, when he decided to call us to holiness, when he decided to use us for his purpose, when he decided to show us his grace, he prepared a life of victory and power for any and everyone that would believe. Although God's word is an encouragement to our faith, when we hear God's word, we get excited. When we hear the word of God being taught, something wells up in us that tells us to keep fighting. We get a little more strength. We gain a little more courage. a little, little bit bolder, right? But the fact is, we still live in a world that makes decisions based on the facts of life not necessarily what God has said and what do you do when the facts about you and what you're dealing with challenge the faith in you if we're honest there have been times we had to walk by faith while walking in some of the darkest moments in our lives we had to trust what God said, even though we were getting different messages from what we're seeing. We had to stand still and know he is God. Even if we were standing in uncertain times. Life will throw many different things at us that if we're not careful, will allow the enemy to question if God's plan is even for us. Even our internal struggles of our past sins, mess ups. Things we've done or what was done to us, mistakes, negative things we were told, negative things we tell ourselves and a host of limitations the enemy will use them to keep the believer from experiencing God's plan in their life. Satan wants to keep us bound by the facts and evidence in front of us by using our past that still has a presence in our lives today. The enemy knows all the things we've done wrong and will strategically bring them back to keep us bound. But the 43rd Psalm, verse 5 says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquietest within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Thank you, brother. Who is the health of my countenance and my God. There comes a point in our lives that we must refuse to believe what the enemy tells us or shows us about who we are, what we've done, or where we're, what we're going through or struggling with. We can't let the facts of life keep us from getting to Jesus and receiving all that he has prepared to help us. Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Our faith should be motivated to stand on decisions that were made and not the circumstances we see. The world. The world will try to hold us to what we've done and where we're from to disqualify us from God's promises. Let's take a quick look at Ruth. The story of Ruth. Very interesting book, to say the least. Ruth, who ultimately is put in the book of Matthew as a part of Jesus' lineage, Ruth was a Moabite. Wasn't Hebrew. Now, the funny thing about Moabites is that God had an issue with them hmm God had an issue first with Moab and how he got here then he had an issue with the children of Moab the Moabites with the things that they did so God made a definite decree about Moabites it says in Deuteronomy 23 and 3 an Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord even to their 10th generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever because of this, she could never be a part of the family. Because of her past, and maybe even some of the things that she practiced, she could never be allowed into the temple of the Lord. She couldn't come before God's presence. She couldn't receive God's blessings. What was her problem? What was her past? Moabites worshiped Baal and other gods. They hired. It was the Moabites that hired Balaam to come and pronounce a curse on the children of Israel. It was the Moabites that practiced sexual immorality as a worship tool to their gods. And then when things happen after sexual immorality and sexual practices, you get a baby, they started entering, uh, ushering in human sacrifices. This was the Moabites. This is what she came from. It's a possibility she could have even practiced it. So at some point, she had to be disconnected because her husband, which was Naomi's son. Funny thing about them, Naomi had two sons whose names translate to useless and worthless. She was married to either useless or worthless. Then one of them died. So now we know in that time, a a widowed woman really didn't have much to stand on. She didn't have a covering. She didn't have resources. She didn't have a protection. She didn't have a provider. But because of what she saw in her mother-in-law, she saw the God of her mother-in-law she saw the way her mother-in-law worshipped this God she saw the way her mother-in-law decided to devote herself to this God she said I'm going to follow you and your God will be my God your people will be my people whatever your God says to do I'm going to do it whatever your God says to say, I'm going to say it she put her faith in some God that didn't like her and God said just because of that I'm going to strike down your past but I'm going to put you in the lineage of the Savior of the world It doesn't make a difference what you've been a part of. It doesn't make a difference what you've done. But if you're willing to turn away and let old things pass away and walk towards Christ to where all things are made new, God said, I'll put you in line with my savior. I'll put you in line with my son. I'll put you in line with my will. I'll put you in line with my word and all the promises are yay and amen. Lining ourselves up with Jesus opens us up to his power over all things. Even to the believers that lived before him. He, before he was born to Mary and Joseph. The work that he did and the power that was displayed on Calvary was awesome. What Jesus did at Calvary and everything leading up to it was awesome. It was awesome. Pastor West just said it because he decided to go and he had prayed and said He had prayed and said, Lord, uh, I know you know everything, so if you know of another way to do this, said he went back three times, right? Am I wrong, pastor? I didn't enroll in PFBI just yet, but am I wrong? Okay. All right. I didn't enroll yet. I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Right? But even Jesus had a question about it. But he decided, he decided to go through it, which brought the power of Calvary to fruition. But there's one thing, as awesome as Calvary, the act of Calvary was, and what Jesus did on the cross, the fact is, his sacrifice was already done before then. We just saw the physical manifestation of things that were already decided before. It says that we know that his sacrifice took place before the foundation of the world so that was before the law that was before the law and being that he completed the work before the foundation and creation of the world everything that comes after that is subject to what he did and accomplished the law was given but the law was a foreshadow of what's to come and what was to come had already came. Now we have access to this grace because of the decision that was made before the world began. And Pastor West, I thought you was about to preach my sermon. (laughs) Ephesians 1, 4 through 14, because she jumped into this. It says, according to, excuse me, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Verse 11 in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in in whom also after that ye believed, Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now look, after reading all of that, what do we what can we take away from that? We can take away first that God accepted Jesus' sacrifice to save. The sacrifice that happened, the decision for the sacrifice that happened before the foundation of the world allows any and everything that comes after that to be covered by that. And it says that he can save us. God accepted Jesus' sacrifice to save us. Now let's go back to the original text. Bobby, I'm sorry. I'm about to throw you off just a little bit, sir. Can we go back to 2 Timothy one and nine. Now, on, we're just going to look at those first four words and we're going to focus on that third one. It says, who hath saved us? Right? Who hath saved us? And Bobby, if you need to go back, you can't because I'm finished with that. Thank you, sir. I'm messing him up. Thank God for Bobby. That word saved. Now, yes, we know how we use that word, and we know what that word means. To save, what does that mean? Save your soul. Get you from a ticket from earth to glory, free of charge. You have to do nothing for it. God, Jesus paid it all. All you have to do is trust and believe. Confess with your mouth, believe with your heart. There you go, right? There we go, right? But if we look at the word that was used in the original text and take the meaning from that, what that word save means, we get these definitions. To save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to save one from injury or peril, to save a suffering one from perishing, i.e. one suffering from disease, to make well, to heal, to restore to health, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue, and to save in the technical biblical sense, to deliver from penalties of the the messianic judgment, to save from the evils which obstruct the reception of the messianic deliverance. So when we see that word saved in that text, Yes, it means to save your soul, but it also means to restore your health. It also means to bring you back to good position, to help your countenance, right? To bring you to a mental equilibrium, to to save you from destructive tendencies, to save you from the enemy that will try and block you from what you're supposed to get, to save you from all of these things. So Jesus... When he gave his sacrifice before the foundation of the world, God accepted that salvation. So Jesus' sacrifice was accepted for our sins. His sacrifice was accepted for our suffering. His sacrifice was accepted for our sickness. His sacrifice was accepted for our sanity. His sacrifice was accepted for our salvation. His sacrifice was accepted for our security. His sacrifice was accepted for our success. His sacrifice was accepted for our safety. God had already decided that Jesus' sacrifice would be an acceptable offering to cover any and all things that can be a wedge or separation between us and him. Everything that the enemy wanted to do to us. Everything he wants to bring up about us, everything he wants to dig up on us, everything he wants to bring from our past, things from our presence, every single ill thought, every ill word, every shortcoming, everything the enemy will use to disqualify us, God had already decided before the world began to turn them around for our good. The rain that Satan tried to use to drown us, God turned it around for water for the seeds of righteousness sown in us. The wind that Satan wanted to use to knock us over, God had already decided to turn it around to blow dead things from around us. The enemy wants to keep us bound by ours that our weakness, that in our weakness, God's strength is made perfect. The enemy wants to keep us bound by attacks against us, but the Bible lets us know that the device is used by the enemy for evil that he had already decided. The enemy wants to keep us bound by our past, but God said in Isaiah 43 and 25, I even, I am he that blotted out all thy transgressions, and for my own sake I will not remember them. God imputes his righteousness and makes us legally justified. 2 Corinthians 5 to 21. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Thank you, Jesus, that we might be made righteousness of God in him. God did everything we needed before we needed it. Sometimes we miss out because we're waiting on him to do it, but we must have the faith to stand on the fact that he already did it. Just because they want to leave you out doesn't mean God won't let you in. You better praise God for that one right there. Everything that the enemy wants to cut you out of, God grafts you right back in. Now, now, now let's bring this to a close because it's almost time. Y'all took too much time in the beginning, praising God like y'all know he's good to you. Don't y'all start, don't y'all start. Now, in our judicial system, in our judicial system, they have this thing called the doctrine or principle of precedent, right? Now, in this principle, it requires all judges on lower courts that no matter what evidence or facts or or anything brought in a trial, that if a higher court accepted a different decision, that they have to accept it. Because it's precedent. Right? Whatever a higher court accepts as an acceptable remedy for the crime, if the higher court accepts it, all lower courts have to abide by it because of precedent. Right? Any, 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 um, any court proceeding that has similar facts, that has similar issues, that has similar things going on. There isn't any temptation known unto man that's different than anybody else. We all at some point have done the same thing. We all at some point had suffered some similar things. We all at some point have had to deal with the enemy in the same way. We all at some point have had to cry tears over things that we lost. We all at some point have had things leveled against us that someone else can give a testimony that God delivered them through. But because of the doctrine of precedent, if God received that, if, if, if the higher court received that, that 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 acceptable remedy so that they ruled in your favor on a higher court or lower courts or lower judges or people you work with or enemies the devil sent at you, all sicknesses the world tries to throw at you, all things that the world tries to come up against you, everything has to now abide by that higher court somebody say stare decisis say it again, stare decisis now remember Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world, so what does that mean? it means that whatever whatever his sacrifice can fix Whatever his sacrifice can remedy. Whatever his sacrifice can make whole, whatever his sacrifice to mend together, whatever his sacrifice to, can, bring, can, can do to bring you back into the favor of God, anything that happens after that has to fall under that sacrifice, has to fall under the power of that sacrifice because God, who is the highest judge, has accepted his sacrifice. He has accepted his sacrifice. So all lower judges, all lower principalities, all lower powers all lower dominions, all lower kingdoms, all lower ministrates, all lower magistrates have to accept what God accepted. Now watch this. Now say that word with me one time. One more time. Stere decisis. That's a Latin word. Don't ask me how I found this word. I don't even know how I came across it one day. I don't speak Latin right but that word simply means it's a legal term legal term and it simply means to stand on things previously decided <laughs> right we're gonna stand on things previously decided so when the enemy comes to talk about you when the enemy comes to bring gossip about you when the enemy comes to mess with your mental health, when the enemy comes to mess with your children, when the enemy comes to afflict you with heart disease, when the enemy comes to tear down your reputation, when the enemy comes to bring up your past, when your enemy comes to bring up your future, When the enemy comes to get you about your shortcomings, when the enemy comes to talk about your frailties, when the enemy comes to talk about your lack of education, When the enemy comes to talk about your lack of resources, when the enemy comes with all those things, all you have to do is tell yourself, stare decisis. I'm gonna stand on things previously decided. I'm gonna stand on what God has decided. I'm gonna stand on my deliverance that was decided. I'm gonna stand on my healing that was decided. I'm gonna stand on my prosperity that was decided. I'm gonna stand on my peace of mind was decided. I'm going to stand on my hope that was decided because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name because it's all Christ, the solid rock stand all other ground is sinking sand. So whatever the enemy comes to bring you, whatever the world tries to tell you, whatever they try to take from you, if God said it, you can have it. If God said it, it can be done. If God said it, just stand on it Don't you worry about what the world says Don't you worry about what the enemy says Don't you worry about the naysayer Don't you worry about the gossip. You just stand there and say My God said it I believe it And that settles it Give God a break Come on and praise your God praise your god you know we've been battling some things that are bigger than us you know we've been going up some things some insurmountable obstacles but if if the enemy puts a mountain in front of you and if god doesn't let you go around it if god doesn't let you go over it if God doesn't let you go under it, God will tunnel a way through it so that you'll be able to get through what you need. In the name of Jesus, God will make a way out of nowhere. He promised to make rivers in the desert. He promised to make a path in the wilderness. He promised me. God gave us some promises that I am going to stand and see delivered. I'm going to stand and see them come through. In the name of Jesus, give God a praise. Everybody standing. Everybody stand. Everybody standing. If you can stand, please stand. If you can't, no worries. But if you can stand, please stand. <laughs> Cause God's about to do something in here. I firmly believe that God had me to preach that for a reason if it wasn't for you it was for me there are some mountains in front of god's people there are some trials that we're facing there are some tests that we all are faced with on some level some way shape or form if it's not you directly it's your children If it's not your children, it's your parents. If it's not your parents, it's your employment situation. If it's not your employment situation, it's your health situation. If it's not your health situation, it's your mental stability. If it's not your mental stability, it's the craziness going on in this world in which you have to function. But I'm here to tell you that God said that we will be victorious. God said that we will be above and not beneath. God said that we'll walk with power. If we line up with his word and his will, we will walk with power. We'll have the power to cast out enemies. We'll have the power to walk and not grow weary. We'll have the power to run and not faint. We'll have the power to lay hands on the sick. The Bible says if there any sick among you, come to the elders of the church and let them lay hands. New devices out, but it's the same old tricks with technology. He seems like he's come up with something totally different, something we've never seen before. We may not have seen it packaged like that before, but it's the same thing. And I heard somewhere that Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, forevermore. So if it took Jesus then It's going to take Jesus now And it's going to keep right on taking Jesus So first if you, if you don't know Jesus Christ In the pardon of your sins That's the first step That promise is for believers That declaration is for those who follow him That decision is for all those who will submit to him. But the good thing is, anyone can come in. Because remember, just like Ruth, Ruth was a part of a group of people that God really didn't like too much. But because she was willing to submit and surrender to God's will, she now is a part of the family so we have this invitation to you even here and online if you aren't a part of the family and it's a good time to be honest it's not because your mama took you to church it's not because Medea told you to go to church big mama made you go to Sunday school made you serve in a choir made you part of the prayer and bible band that is not salvation salvation is a personal relationship between you and the Savior And if you don't have that, if you don't have that personal relationship where you came before the Savior and said, Lord, I am a sinner, but I know you can save me from my sins. If you haven't done that, then I invite you today that all of us actually, let's all lift our hands and let's all repeat this prayer. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I acknowledge I am a sinner but I also know that you can save me. So I present my sins to you and I receive from you your righteousness. Please forgive me. Please wash me and by faith through your grace because I believe what, I, what you said and not how I feel, I am saved. Father, I thank you for every person that prayed that prayer and meant it with a sincere heart. Father, that you will come into their lives, that you will do a new thing in them, that you will turn things around and allow them to walk in your promises that they'll walk in your promises and in your will. Lord, show them a new way of doing things. Give them a new life. Lord, even when things try to come back on them, even when the enemy tries to bring things up about them, Lord, let them know that you have cast all those things into the sea of forgetfulness, and that you even said yourself that you'll blot those things out and you won't remember them for your sake. So God, I thank you for those, these your people, all those who are willing hearts that want to receive you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, for those that just prayed that prayer, if you look on your screen online, first of all, if you're here, I want you to raise your hand. If you weren't saved before, but you prayed that prayer by faith, I want you to raise, there's one over there. Please, sir, keep your hand up. There's one over here to the right. Is there, there's another in the back. Come on, let's thank God for salvation let's thank God for salvation it all starts there nothing happens without salvation nothing happens without salvation and for those of you online if you indeed prayed that prayer and you meant every word that you say even if things haven't changed for you right now but you meant what you prayed you should see a phrase that says I prayed that prayer if you type it exactly how it is if you type it exactly how it is some, uh, we have uh, members from our ministerial alliance who are waiting to reach out to you. Someone will reach out to you and pray with you and help you to move forward in your Christian wall. But I say to the rest of you, and I say to myself, whatever is in front of you, whatever you're dealing with, whatever the enemy tries to throw at you, Just know that God had already decided against it before it even came. Know that God had already decided against it before it even got started. Before you walked up to the trouble, God had already provided a solution to the trouble. Before you walked to the mountain, God had already made a way for you to tunnel through the mountain. So be encouraged this week. Let's continue to pray.